0: This is the Christian Life Center podcast. Here at CLC, we are messengers of hope, where we believe in taking God's message of hope everywhere we go to everyone we meet. From wherever you are, be encouraged by this week's message. For your giving, what a powerful time of worship that we have had today. And it's a joy for me to be able to jump right into the Word of God. My wife is going to be teaching with me. Honey, we've been doing noontime prayer all week long, and I hope that everybody's been joining. And I've just gotten used to you teaching with me. So here we are. Today you you're going to teach with me. You just had to have me with you Martin. That's right. Well, hey, today we're going to uh, be starting. This is uh, Palm Sunday, and uh, this is the beginning of Passion Week, and we've been uh, in a sermon series never the same. And we've been looking out of primarily the book of John, and that's where I want us to go today is into the book of John. We're going to be looking at uh, in John some stories because something happens as John is talking and, and taking us. There's a lot of different stories that we've been looking at. But then in uh, John 13, John chapter 13, there's a shift that happens. Now, Candy, this is the last night that Jesus is with the disciples. Uh, they've gone through everything. Uh, the 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 Palm Sunday Passion Week has already begun. And this is his last night with them. They're up in the upper room and uh, these are his his final words right the next day he's going to be early that morning or i should say later that night early in the morning he's going to be arrested and um, that's going to bring us into a good friday and you know we're going to be having a good friday service this week uh, but these are his final words in the upper room and you i you and i've been in the upper room we've been there uh, where they believe that this took place and i think the significance as we jump into the word today is that These are some of his final instructions to the disciples. And, you know, if you've ever been with somebody in those last moments of their life, They're saying some very, very important things. And Jesus shifts here his conversation. And as he shifts the conversation with his disciples, he begins to focus on some of these final thoughts. He begins to focus on some things that are very, very important that he wanted the disciples to know. So I'd like for everybody to take their Bibles and turn with me or click with me over to John chapter 14 and verse 16 as we begin reading.
1: I would like to uh, just encourage us as we go into the word that you truly find that you're in a quiet place, that you can be able to really connect with the word of God as we go through this time. Uh, you know, John chapter 14, uh, verse 16 through 18, it says, and I will ask the father and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads you into all truth. The world cannot receive him, because it, is, it isn't looking, they aren't looking for him, and they don't recognize him. But you who know him, because he lives within you, later will he be with you.
0: Now, as we begin to look at this, I want to look at some of the promises that Jesus is making, and we're going to look here in John 14, and I'm going to take you over to Romans chapter eight, and there's a few promises that we need to look at today, and the first one that's coming right out of here is found in verse 16. So if you'll look back with me in verse 16, it says, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate. Now, in this, Jesus is beginning to show us. It's a promise that he is going to give us, followers of Christ today, he was talking to his disciples of that day, he was going to be giving them the promise, and it was the promise of the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit was going to be their comforter. And so, if you're taking notes, I want you to write that down, is that the Holy Spirit will be a comfort to you and I. Now, this is important when we look at this because he uses this word, advocate. And when we begin to look in the word advocate, it means that one is a helper, uh, they're an intercessor, they're uh, someone that comes along, it's the word that I've picked, is giving comfort. But they use, uh, and John uses the word here, Advocate. Now, I want to take a moment and just do a little bit of teaching for a second uh, with everybody. And, and that is because this word advocate is in the original paraclete. Now, that's, uh, maybe you want to say that with me. Paraclete. Maybe you can go ahead and try to type it. Let's see if you can type it in the chat box if you know how to spell, spell it. Uh, yep, they didn't put it up there yet. Let's see if you know how to spell it in the chat box. And that's paraclete. Now, paraclete literally means someone comes alongside you to help you. They're coming alongside, the paraclete comes along. Now, it's interesting that Jesus says in verse 16 here, that I'm going to give you another advocate. Well, that references and helps us to know that <laughs> why another? Well, it's because Jesus was the first advocate he was the one. In fact, we find that for those that uh, want to flick uh, flip uh, with your flip in your Bibles with me. I was going to say, "Click with me in your Bibles over uh, to first John, we see where it talks about Jesus being the first advocate in 1 John chapter two and verse one, it says "My My dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. But if anyone does sin, he will have one who speaks to the Father in our defense. And it says, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. The advocate with the Father was Jesus Christ, the righteous one. And so here, what Jesus was, To the disciples, we're being told that he's going to be sending another advocate. What he was to the disciples, we're going to be getting another advocate to come along next to us. Now, this word, this word advocate is best described by the word defense attorney, a defense attorney. And that is the advocate is defending us. The advocate is like a defense attorney that is sympathetic to you. The uh, defense attorney uh, is taking your side. The defense attorney speaks the truth to you. You know, if if uh, something's not right, if if uh, you need some advice, they're speaking the truth to you. But they actually become, and, and this is the part I like about it. They become your voice. To the authorities. So Jesus is saying, I'm going to send you another advocate who will come alongside of you and will be like a defense attorney, will be there to represent you.
1: And he also says, and he is there to be able to help you not be guilty. And that is the beauty of it is it says, I stand there and my advocate can say that I am
0: not guilty. Right, and, and why can our advocate do that is because the first advocate was Christ himself. And why can Christ declare that we are not guilty is because he gave his life for us. And, and uh, we're gonna unpack that a little bit today, but our sin separated us from God. We were guilty of sin. We've committed sin. We were guilty of it. But Jesus, in fact, in verse two, if I could go back to that verse here, it says he, Jesus Christ is the atoning sacrifice for our sins and not only for our sins, but also for the sins of the whole world. So Jesus becomes the, 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 advocate that can declare us not guilty. And the cool thing is the judge in this case if we take this story uh, or this uh, this this metaphor this analogy of the advocate being like a defense attorney the defense attorney the judge is like the defense attorney's father and here the defense attorney is saying in a sense to his father they're not guilty why are they not guilty is because they've received They've received me, in the blood of my sacrifice became the atoning work for them and over them. And therefore, we can see that we have this advocate, the, the paraclete with us. So, the Holy Spirit will bring us comfort. Now, let's go back to John 14. And in verse 16, we said that the advocate, Jesus said, verse 16, will never leave you. If you go down to verse 18. 18 it says no i will not abandon you as orphans but i will come to you you see that leads us right into the second thought and that is the promise that jesus says that the holy spirit is going to help us and he will never leave us if you're taking notes write that down as he'll never leave us and because he
1: never leaves us there's there is that uh, presence of the Holy Spirit that helps to give us guidance. The role of the Holy Spirit is to give us guidance. And when we go through crossroads and difficulties in life, the Spirit of the living God is walking with us because the Lord Jesus lives within us. And therefore in that communion, we're able to hear, we're able to understand, we're able to be able to be guided by Him because we understand that He never leaves us and He never leaves us alone.
0: And what's beautiful about that is as he's guiding us as he never leaves us it's in the crossroads of our life Mm -hmm. where we can hear him and we can know that he's with us I know (laughs) reflecting back in my own life you know there was key points Candy where I knew, I knew at the crossroad of that moment in my life that the Holy Spirit was guiding me. I remember uh, receiving the call to ministry. I remember uh, those moments where I began to sense God was leading me and he was guiding me. I remember when God called us to missions. I remember that vague, you know, so powerfully in my mind that night, it was a crossroad in my life. I was in a concert, a worship conference uh, with a, a bunch. Of teenagers, and in the middle of that, a crossroad in my moment of, of my my experiencing God in that in that worship service, God began to speak to my heart. And that's the beautiful thing, is the know that He's there with us. He guides us. He's in the crossroads of our life. And he
1: gives us His perspective. Mm-hmm. I love that we've been talking and sharing a little bit about that, you know, because We, um, in our humanness, sometimes we have the wrong motives. Maybe we jump to conclusions in our own thinking, or we allow our fears to lead us, or we create our own thinking, and we don't allow the Holy Spirit to be able to guide us, and God's calling us to himself to be able to understand that the words that he's speaking to us is from him, and we can tell the difference when we are still. Yeah. One of the things that I think about guide, the guidance that the Holy Spirit gives to us is that we're still before him. Yeah. Our soul is still. Uh, the word of God says in Psalms 46, uh, he says, be still and know that I am God. Yeah. Be still and know that I am God. The Lord gave that to me as far as guidance when my father passed away and went to, to be in, in glory. Um, you know, I was far distance. My family was in another, uh, another country and I was here in the States working in college my father had cancer. He had a brain tumor. And uh, I remember when I received that, uh, that news, um, that night was much turmoil. There was a lot of um, challenge in my spirit. And the Holy Spirit just calmed me and just spoke the word. And as soon as he said, be still and know that I am God, I picked up the phone. And I called across the ocean, and I said those same words to my mom. And my mom says, you know what? I hadn't slept in a week. Mm. And she said, as soon as she received the word of God, which wow. we've talked about, the Holy Spirit taking the word of God, she became still in her spirit, yeah. therefore helping her to go through the next journey of the weeks ahead that we had to go through, that God had given to us the time that we had with my father before he went to yeah. be with glory. And so the Holy Spirit is constantly giving that, that moment of being able to be and still. that's one of the
0: powerful things of learning and i think it was one of the one of the the things that as a young christian i had the I really, I had the the privilege of having somebody in my life, another Mm -hmm. believer Mm -hmm. that could help me understand, because one of the questions as a young believer is, how do I, how do I hear God? If God is never going to leave me, and if he's guiding me, and in the crossroads of my life, he's there to speak to me, how do I know when God is speaking? And I can remember his name was Greg. I was, Mm -hmm. uh, I was a senior in high school, and I remember Greg helping me to understand that God's primary way of mm-hmm. speaking to us right. is through the word. Through word. And that's why it's so important. And I, and I, man, as a young believer, and it's just continued all of my life, just being a student of the word, yeah. because in the word, God primarily guides us mm-hmm. and he speaks to us. I mean, even right now with the pandemic that we're going through, this is not the first time no. in history this that important. this has taken place. We can see in scripture where there were times where... There were plagues, is what they called it, that would come over the land. And the more we understand and we get into the Word, we can understand Him, know Him. We can find strength in Him. It's the one of the primary ways that God guides us and speaks to us. And I think it's
1: important that we can experience, um, a deeper, um, inner knowing. I call that mm. just, you know, it's something because the Holy Spirit, the word of God is planted. And I think that's why it's so important to stay in the word of God and yeah. being able to read it through because that inner, that, that word becomes truth and life to now you. Now that inner you know,
0: knowing is the whisper of the, the spirit, spirit of right? God, yeah. It's that, uh, Romans 8, 16 calls it bearing witness, witness with within. our spirit. Spirit. That's good. Now that's a little bit... That's a little bit more of a of a growth, a maturity in God, yes. is when we learn to recognize the voice of the Lord. Right? We learn to recognize His impressions. We learn to recognize the whisper, the gentle nudge of the Spirit. Right? And what'd you call it? Uh, that that,
1: uh, that inner knowing.
0: That inner, inner knowing, knowing that God <laughs> is speaking uh, to us. So the second point is that the Holy Spirit, the the Jesus promises, will not leave us. Yeah. He is with us. And, and I just want to encourage everybody right now in this moment is that he's with us. And that's not a cliche. The more we get to know who our God is, the characteristics of our God and the nature of our God, the more we understand. That's why we said a couple weeks ago, what we know is so important because yeah. we can hold on to that when everything around us seems chaotic. And I
1: can say that spiritual perception can only be received by being in the presence of God. And so you have to be able to take uh, your time and your place with God so that you can receive that because it will take the place yeah. of man's reasoning.
0: Yeah, it's it, spiritual it, perception. It, will it take removes all the noise, yeah, right? exactly. And man, that would you call it spiritual perception, mm-hmm. is that what you called yep. it? Mm-hmm. Spiritual perception enables me to filter out the noise around. And I have found in prayer, that's when the whisper of God is distinguished the most. I don't don't distinguish the whisper of God in the noise. Boy, if I only let the media intake be all that I'm listening to, I will not hear God. I will not have that, what'd you call it? A spiritual perception. That spiritual perception. I didn't have that in my notes, so you caught me off guard on that one. That spiritual perception, I can't get that in the noise. And I just want to encourage you. We've been been saying it on our noon prayer time every day, and I hope that you'll join us this week uh, as we come into Holy Week in uh, our noon prayer uh, time. But we want to encourage you, limit the intake, because if you're only listening to the noise, you will be fearful. If you're only listening to the noise, you're going to believe you're getting the virus and that you only have a matter of days and then it's over. And the reality is God is with us. He's going, to walk through this with us, that we have God, uh, you know, we have God's presence in us and through that we can look to whom we depend upon.
1: It helps us to be able to have God's reasoning over our own.
0: That's so and good. that
1: helps us to be That's able so to move forward and to be guided by him and to be guided by the, the Lord's word and be guided in the truth. Yeah, I think there's a lot that uh, man brings in and the enemy would love to deceive and rob yeah. and so we have to be able to walk in that in that fullness of his grace of understanding that his perception um, his provision his protection is all allotted to our lives yeah? hey
0: i want to take us to one more scripture uh, before we're finished uh, here today and it's found over in romans chapter 8 so if you'll click with me over there or turn with me over to romans 8 there's a, a few more promises i hope i can share with you here that are so important that Jesus said, and and as we come in, uh, even on Palm Sunday, this final week, I want to hold on. I just felt it in my spirit. I want to make sure we get this communicated is that the Holy Spirit is the promise. He's the promise from the Lord. And there's some things that we receive in this promise that are crucial in a moment like this. So if you will turn with me to Romans chapter eight, and I want to begin to just read this for a few moments in verse one, I'm reading from the living Bible. So now There is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And what Paul is saying here is that we are not condemned of our sin anymore. Why is we have an advocate that we talked about. That advocate brings assurance in our heart that we are right with the Father. And therefore, I will not stand condemned of my sin. Now, that that deserves an amen. And they're not in the room to give me an amen. So, right now, type it in, amen. thumbs up, heart it, whatever, because we're not condemned of our sin. He's our advocate. He is Is our advocate. Therefore, there's no more guilt. There's no more shame. There's no more condemnation. I am, and and boy, over and over again, especially Paul says this candy, and I love it. And it sticks with me as Paul says, I am in Christ. Not just that I know Christ, but I'm in him. I'm in him that I've received him, that he's my Lord, he's my savior. I'm not condemned, no longer guilty, uh, no longer standing in regret, but uh, we are in Christ. Let's continue here. Verse verse two, I'm gonna read from the screen. Verse two, and because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit, life-giving spirit has freed you. Now that's gonna be important because Here, when we look at this, the promise of the Holy Spirit, and it's right here, that's why I wanted to get onto the screen, I want you to, if you can, underline it or circle it, make note of it, is that Jesus promises, because of the Holy Spirit, we will be freed There will be freedom. Freedom from what? Freedom from the power of sin and the power of sin and death. There is a freedom that comes. No longer will, will we be alienated and separated from God. The power of sin. You see, some people think, Candy, that they can't overcome that addiction. They think they can't overcome that beseeching sin that entangles them and pulls them down. But what Paul is showing us here is that there is power, power that frees us from the power of sin and it can be broken. You know, the
1: release of that sin comes from the love of God and because of the blood that's washed us. The love of God is poured out upon us. And so, therefore, when that is poured out upon us in that communion and relationship that we have with God, I know that when I am in love with God even more, I don't want... That's to right. be a part of those things, right. I find ways to be away from because those things. I don't you're being want to controlled be controlled
0: by the spirit.
1: Exactly. And,
0: and and Paul says in another passage, and we probably won't get to it today. But when we are controlled by the spirit, yeah. as we're controlled by the spirit, we're no longer comp- controlled by the flesh that's right. and the things of the flesh and the desires of the flesh, because we're being controlled and led by the spirit. And led
1: by the spirit, and that's such a beautiful thing. And I I want to encourage our. Our our people and those that are watching today, I want to encourage you that the Holy Spirit is with you. And I want you to know that he loves you. God loves you so much that today is what we have shared, that you would be able to experience it in such a real way that nothing will take more precedence than your walk with God, that nothing will take precedence to your relationship with God, because in that and in his presence, you're going to be able to have a a better positioning In this time that you position yourself in a better place and you're going to be able to see that God's gonna really care on your soul he's gonna care for your heart he's gonna care for your anxiety he's gonna care for the areas and he's gonna take that and he's gonna be able to work with you through each and every day and we just want to encourage you I love that that. and I love
0: the the I, I just love the thought that there is freedom yeah freedom from the power of sin and that freedom now sustains me yeah. to serve the Lord, exactly. sustains me to be what God yeah. wants me to be. How do I mature? How do we mature is that we're depending on the Holy Spirit. We're being led by the Spirit and it sustains us. It holds us, holds up, us up, gives us a foundation supports us, yes. that supports us. Now, the the key, and this is, I want to get to this, is found here in ephesians chapter 6 paul's still the writer and i want to go back to my screen in ephesians chapter 6 i'm going to read from the living translation but he says the key to this freedom is right here pray in the spirit yeah you see right now this freedom from sin the freedom from fear the freedom from anxiety and worry I want you to get it today is that it's to pray in the Spirit and know that as you're praying in the Spirit, I like what you said earlier, The this perspective, that inner perspective, the reality yeah. of who God is. When I pray in the Spirit, when I'm praying pray to God, you know what I'm doing is, man, it's increasing my confidence in God. It's it's building an assurance assurance in in my spirit that gives me courage no matter what I'm facing, no matter what I'm going through. And he says here, pray in the spirit at all times and on all occasions. And, oh, I like this. Stay Alert. Now yes. he doesn't say it here. He says it in another place. Stay alert. Why? It's because we have an enemy of our soul that's, right. that's prowling around like a roaring lion. He's trying to get us to give in to temptation, to get us separated from God, to rebel against God. So stay alert and be persistent in what? In your prayers.
1: The, the point of staying alert means that you have to position yourself to say, you know what, God? I don't need to allow just laziness or other things to distract. I need my heart and my spirit. That means when you get up in the morning, you put your feet on the ground, you're talking to the Lord, you're talking yeah. to, to Jesus yeah. and you get up and you allow God to start yeah. your, your, your start your day say, with God said, all the way through the day and being able to sing, to yeah. be able to praise, to be able to talk to God through everything that yeah. you're doing. And it just, it just revives who you yeah. are and it makes you alert yeah to what the lord is trying to say in the midst and I, and of I have to the say, challenges you know yeah.
0: for for everybody that's that's uh, just connecting in with this message right now that that is something really i appreciate about you and and i said it on our broadcast this week because you you Every morning, you know, uh, and now that we have, you know, one of these devices you talk to, you know, you can tell, you know, Google or Alexa, whoever, you know, play such and such song and, and man, just the, the worship music that'll fill the house and, and just the, to the, the begin to pray in the spirit then. And, mm-hmm. and that perspective right from the very beginning begins to change because we're locking in. And I like if I can go on in our verse here in verse six of Romans chapter eight. So we're still in Romans chapter eight. In verse six, he, uh, he says this in verse uh, six, Romans eight, six. So letting your sinful nature, so letting your sinful nature control your mind, it will lead to death. But letting the Spirit control your mind, that's what we were talking about, will lead, look here, to life and peace. So Paul says over in Ephesians, pray in the Spirit at all times, on all occasions. Stay alert, be persistent. And then in Romans, going back to it, he says, when we let the Spirit control us, when we're praying in the Spirit, what's the secret right now? I can tell you guys, the secret is communing with God, yeah. praying in the spirit. If you've not been filled with the Holy Spirit, begin to ask God to fill you with the spirit because it's a connection with God. And when you begin to pray in the spirit, you are controlled. Your mind is controlled by the spirit. And he says, and I love it, it leads. Everybody's been talking about peace. Everybody's been talking about have peace in the midst of the, 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 the you know, the, the pandemic what we're forgetting is that peace comes by praying in the spirit and being controlled by the spirit and being people that are led by the spirit. And boy, we believe that there is a gift of the spirit that God gives to us. And that gift of the Holy Spirit is called the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And it's a precious gift. As I begin to pray in the spirit and I commune with God and I connect with God. He says, when that happens, our sinful nature that's hostile to God is brought under submission Mm -hmm. and boy as we come under submission the spirit takes control now candy honestly i i really think that that's the problem in the church today as a whole not just christian life center is we're not being led and controlled by the spirit Mm -hmm. we're led by our emotions Mm -hmm. we're led by the the culture we're led by the, the 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 God of this world, the philosophies of this world, the knowledge of of uh, of the enemy that's been in, in, imparted into our culture, and the culture's values are different than God's values. Right. And if we're going to be led by God and led by the Spirit, we've got to be a people of prayer, a people of the Spirit. We need the power of the Holy Spirit to align our hearts. We only have a few minutes left. I'd like to bring us to the very end. And that is the end of our, you know, our, our promises with God is that... Through the Holy Spirit, there is an empowerment that comes from the Holy Spirit. So if you're taking notes, go ahead and just fill that in. I skipped a point or two, but, 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 but there is an empowerment that comes from the Lord. And will you read those two scriptures for us?
1: Um, uh, Acts 1 8 says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses. You'll be telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, through Judea, in Samaria and to the ends of the earth. I pray that that's something that we can understand being filled with the spirit of God. You know, the Holy Spirit comes to you in salvation. You have the Holy Spirit, but there is a gift that God gives to you. And we've been talking about that just a few moments. And so that God gives you an empowerment of the Spirit. And it's it, it, streams it really of living water that comes. Streams in of, of living
0: water begin to flow, and and really, I mean, and and I think it's one of the strengths of Christian Life Center is this empowerment is beginning to understand one's anointing, yeah, exactly why you've been created, the purpose that God, God has, has for your him life, him. the anointing and the purpose of your life. One of the things that breaks our hearts the most, right? is to see the potential in individuals and you watch them waste the gift of God, the anointing of God, the impact that God wants them to have in their life, They're focused on everything else, the things of this world, the the pleasures of this life, everything that would pull them out of the will and the plans and the purposes and the work of God, they get focused on that and they don't make the impact that God wants in their life.
1: Because God has such a great love for us this morning. He has such a love for us. He has an empowerment for us to be able to share. He has an empowerment to use our lives. You know, he's an empowerment of the spirit. That was, that was something that enabled Paul. He had a passionate spirituality in his life. His life was driven by the spirit of God.
0: Oh, I got to share <laughs> one more scripture. I, I know our time is up. I got to share one more scripture, Candy, because you just hit it. And, and honestly, it's been a prayer for our lives. That's right. You know, all of our ministry, we've been married 30, 30 years. years. this year. Hey. We hit it at the same time. 30 years (laughs) this year and uh, been married to you longer than I was single. And it's been uh, it's been 30 powerful years. And it's because I think Paul's life in Romans chapter 12 Mm -hmm. is something that we've gravitated. And And I want to speak to our couples, man, get unified, get connected, fulfill God's plan and purpose and walk in the anointing of God. Don't waste your life on the things of this world. You've got a call of God and purposes that God has for you. And our plan as a church, our, our, our purpose, our goal as a church is to help you fulfill God's plan in your life. Look here, Romans 12, verse 11. Never, Paul says, be lacking in zeal. Now that word zeal is don't be lazy. Don't be sluggish It's another word. Don't uh, be complacent. That's probably a better word. Because man, we have pastored, we've pastored hundreds and hundreds and thousands of people in the last 20 plus years of our pastoral ministry. And there's been a little, there's been many, many, many that were complacent. They were lacking in zeal. Paul says, never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor. Yes. What does that mean? Keep? the fire. Let the Holy Spirit's anointing continue to burn within you. Let it be a flame that is stoked. I'm afraid the Pentecostal church is letting its fire go out. The days of Pentecost, the move of the Spirit, a powerful revival. Church, this is the day. And Paul says, don't let the flame go out. Don't lose your spiritual fervor. No. Serve the Lord. Be joyful in hope. There's a hope. We haven't lost hope. What's happening around us is not the end of the story. Don't lose hope. Are we affected by it? Yes. Loved ones in our church right now, family members of our church, a very good friend of ours right now has been been unconscious for about 10 days. He's fighting for his life. Man, we were in the auditorium the other day when we heard they were f- uh, life, what are you calling it? Uh, uh, f- Flight back. Yeah, flight. Well, put it in the microphone. I can't say it. You know? <laughs> they life were back. they were they were back. flying in from one city to another city. I can't say it. Everybody, put it in the chat. Tell me how to say it right. You know, but but we begin to intercede. God touches life as we've been reaching out to the congregation. There's loved ones yeah. that have been impacted. There's there's family members. There's so many in our jobs that in our church that their their jobs are no longer right now. Mm-hmm. You know that. They, they used to have work. What they did now doesn't exist any longer. I mean, this is real, yeah. but we haven't lost hope. God's in control. I love what the
1: Lord says and what the Word of God says in Romans 12 there. It says, Be patient in affliction. Be patient in Be affliction. Be patient oh, in affliction. I'm glad, I, I'm glad you didn't let me miss and, that. And then faithful in prayer. Faithful. You know, share with God's people who are in need. And practice hospitality. That means over the airways. You know, share and reach out to other people. Yeah. And that will always help you keep your heart. Yeah. Heart on the purposes of yeah. God. So patient in affliction. Yeah. God already knows. Amen. He's already been there. And he's already going to help us be there. Amen. And now we need to stand in that moment.
0: We're going to close in prayer. Yeah. And as I do, the final promise that Jesus gives is that the Holy Spirit is a gift for, for all. It's a gift for everyone. And I don't know where you're at in your spiritual journey with God. The gift starts at salvation. That's right. It's the seal that we have been reunited with the Father. But then there's a second work of the Spirit in our life, and it's the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And as we've been talking today, the Holy Spirit's baptism, the baptism in the Holy Spirit There's promises that we get when we receive that in our life. I want to encourage you. If you've not been filled in the Spirit, you've not been filled with the baptism in the Holy Spirit, begin to ask the Lord. Even in your home, begin to ask the Lord. Maybe you're with some others that have been filled with the Holy Spirit. Ask one another in the home. Have you been filled with the Spirit? And as soon as we're done praying in a few minutes, maybe put on some worship music. Maybe that's what we need to do anyway. Turn off everything after the sermon. Put on some worship music and just begin to pray in the Spirit. But ask each other, have you been filled with the Holy Spirit? Create an atmosphere, if you haven't, of worship music and praise. And just begin to say, Father, fill me with your Spirit. And as the Holy Spirit begins to speak, I tell you, He'll begin to speak syllables and words. He'll begin to speak to you. And you got to begin to speak it out. Sometimes people are waiting for, like, some kind of, you know, uh, you know, I don't even know what force that's going to come on them. That's not how it happens. The Holy Spirit begins to fill us and thoughts and impressions and, and words begin to come. And as we begin to pray those words, maybe a syllable, maybe a word, we begin to pray it. All of a sudden we begin to develop a prayer language and that prayer language requires our participation And as we begin to participate and begin to speak it out and we begin to pray, man, we begin to receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit. You need the Spirit. As we come into this holy week, next week we're going to be celebrating Easter together. On Friday, we're going to be celebrating Good Friday at noon together. And this week, I just want to encourage you, it was Jesus' final words to the disciples. In those final moments He says, I'm going to send you another comforter. And that promise is a promise that strengthens us and helps us. If this ministry is making an impact in your life, why not help us make an impact on the lives of others by partnering with us today? You can give through our
1: CLC app or at clcftl.org forward slash give.
0: Thank you for listening. And remember to subscribe for more inspiring messages like this. Now go and be messengers of hope.